Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We've traveled across the Atlantic Ocean to talk with my new friend Craig Whalen of the English podcast. Craig teaches people how to speak English in schools and in his weekly podcast. He's moved to Valencia, Spain to be near his family and loves the laid-back beach culture. During this episode, Craig will share the origins of tapas and where to find the best paella in Valencia. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Valencia. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Craig, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, Lee. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So today we're talking about Valencia, Spain. It's a city that you've lived there for a while now. Can you tell the listeners where in Spain that's located and, and what basically brought you to the town? Sure. Valencia is pretty much in the middle of the country on the east coast. So if you picture Barcelona and the Pyrenees just below France in the north, and then you go right down to the southern part of Spain, Valencia is more or less in the middle on the Mediterranean coast. Okay. And what brought me here? Family brought me here. My family retired here, which is something that many British and German and French expats do. There are lovely little fishing villages down the coast on the Costa Blanca, and they bought a house. So I moved out here really to be close to the family. That was back in uh, 97. Oh, wow. So we're, we're recording this in 2019. So that's been a little bit more than two decades you've been there. So you obviously know the town very well. Yeah, I've been here since then. So I know it pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Other than family, uh, what are some of the things that have really kept you there? My Spanish wife, I met a senora about a year after moving here, and we settled down together. So obviously, she was born here. So my my life is with her and, and in Valencia. And also work. I, I teach English. So I have uh, my, my work here, my wife and my family just a couple of hours down the coast. That sounds like a perfect combination. If you were to describe Valencia in a couple different words, the people or the city itself, how would you describe it? Oh, I'd say definitely sunny. The weather's very similar to, to California. It's very sunny, very warm most of the year and relaxed. There's this very laid back Spanish relaxed attitude that I find very, very agreeable. Nice. Yeah. No, no wonder why people want to retire there from British, from, <laughs> from England, right? Yeah, the, the prices too. A lot of people can find they can buy houses along the coast here and they can have a swimming pool and a, and a much nicer place, pretty much in the States where people might retire down to Florida, for example. Okay. Then quite a few Europeans come over here to Spain. Nice. nice. Obviously, you described it as sunny. Uh, are there certain times of the year that are better to visit than others? Definitely don't come in July or August. In my opinion, it's far too hot. It gets up to 30, 35 centigrade. That's what, 86 95 Fahrenheit with very high humidity near the sea. And I find it personally very uncomfortable. The best time, spring and autumn, you get very, very nice weather. So April, May, June, 
September, October, a lovely months to come. And you can also have great days in the winter if you're lucky. You can have very warm, very pleasant days. And of course, in March, there's a very big festival called Fias. So if you're into festivals and loud music and lots of people, then that's something to bear in mind. That's from the 15th of March to the 19th of March every year. What does that festival represent? It's a typical spring festival of new beginnings. It's like a festival of fire. Okay. Because it originated when the carpenters, um, Valencia has a tradition of furniture making. So years ago in the spring, they used to clean out their workshops and their warehouses and throw all the wood and all the rubbish out on the street and burn it. And that developed from there into a festival of creating papier mache figures and marching bands and costumes and fireworks. And it's it's like a, a five-day anarchy <laughs> festival that's really a lot of fun <laughs> if that's the, your kind of thing. Nice. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun for sure. Let's step back for a second. So if people want to come to Valencia, is there a local airport there or what's the best way to get to Valencia? Yeah, there's an airport, Valencia Airport, which is pretty well connected. Although depending on where you're flying from, you may be flying into Madrid or Barcelona, in which case you could get another internal flight to Valencia or take the high-speed train link to Valencia. So uh, depending on where you're coming from, there may or may not be a direct flight to Valencia. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, for people, say, if you're coming from the U.S., obviously the Spain is in the EU. Do they need a, a special passport or uh, you know anything, any special documents or any shots or anything like that when they come to visit? No, no visas necessary. No malaria here. Last time I looked, it's a pretty safe, <laughs> pretty safe country to to be in. So obviously, if you're if you're coming from the states and you want to work for a while, yeah, you'd need a working visa. But just as a tourist, no, just just your passport, no problem at all. Nice. Yeah, we definitely want to make sure that when people are coming to visit, they don't have that gotcha. Like, oh, I forgot that piece of paper, you know? So uh, <laughs> so it's good to know that they can come and visit. They don't need to have any sort of pre-planning other than maybe trying to figure out some of the fun things to do while they're in town. Absolutely. That's right. All right. So we're going to fly into the airport. Now, getting from the airport to like the city center where all the action is, do they need to rent a car? Should they take public transportation? What's the best way to get around? People staying in the city center don't need a car. So getting from the airport, if you're just staying in Valencia, you could either get the train, which is pretty good, depending on how far your accommodation is from the train stop, or you could get a taxi. A taxi from the airport to the center will probably set you back about $30, $35. So it's really not that expensive to get a taxi from the airport. Okay, good. Now, when they're when they're walking around, like you said, they, they really need a car uh, when they're in the city center. What are some of the, the, the most fun things to do while, while they're there? It's very flat, hardly any hills, so why not take a bicycle out for a day or two? You can cycle around very easily. There are lots of cycle paths. It's very walkable. It's a very walkable city. The city center is fairly small. Um, lots of things to do. It's very family-friendly, so the kids will love the bio park with the animals. There's parks. There's a, a dry river bed that runs through the center of Valencia that's been converted to kind of a, a park with Again, cycle paths and tennis courts and football pitches. It's a very family-friendly area. There's an aquarium. There's an area to the south, which would be great for a day trip, where families could go to this uh, sanctuary and take a, a riverboat around the, the lake and maybe have a, a paella when you're out there as well on the, uh, on the lake there. So water sports, of course, by the beach. That's also very popular. Okay. So when you mentioned like the boat tour and things, what would be the name of that? 
It's El Saler is the area, E-L-S-A-L-E-R, and it's definitely reachable from the city center. So, yeah, you just go out there for a day and um, take a boat trip. It's on the migration route for birds. So if bird watching is your thing, it's a very good place to go for bird watching. Lots of nature, some treks, and very, very good food in the restaurants in the area. All right. And then uh, that riverbed park area, what would be the name of that? It's the the river that was diverted back in the 50s because there was a huge flood back in the 1950s that oh. uh, affected a lot of the population. So they dammed the river, they re-diverted it to the north, and the name of the river is the Turia, T-U-R-I-A, which is also the name of my favorite beer in Valencia. So you can easily remember. <laughs> and they diverted the river, which meant that this river that used to run right through the city has now become this green kind of echo park area with playgrounds for the kids and a lovely place to walk. It takes you out of the traffic and the noise because it's sunken down into the river bed. So it's a very pleasant place to take a stroll and uh, relax down there. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. All right. And then I think you mentioned before to me that there's a lot of uh, like Gothic uh, cathedrals and towers that are in the city. Yeah. If you go to the old city called El Barrio del Carmen, the Carmen area, so that's E-L-C-A-R-M-E-N, Carmen, there's an old cathedral that goes back to the 1400s with a tower attached to it that you can actually climb up and go up to the top of 207 steps, I believe, which gives you a beautiful view of the city from the viewpoint at the top of the tower. And then in the same area, of course, you can walk around that old Gothic area of the uh, winding streets and very nice bars and restaurants in the old city part of Valencia. Nice. So we're cruising around town. We're checking out some of the, the local attractions. While we're there, are there some really good places that people should stop and eat along the way? Yeah, there's one thing you shouldn't miss when you come to Valencia is paella because it was invented here. And there are some very good paella restaurants. A mistake that some tourists make, a mistake in, in my opinion, is they'll go out to the beach to have their paella at lunchtime and they'll go to the very visible restaurants right on the beach. And there are quite a few of them. If you go one road or one street back from the beach, you'll find two that I'm going to recommend that are not in plain sight, but they are very, very good. So one of them's called Casa Carmela, that's C-A-R-M-E-L-A. And another that's my personal favorite, Casa Cesar, that's C-E-S-A-R. And what I like about Casa Cesar is they specialize in rice dishes and the starters are just from the local market. They just go there and buy whatever's fresh, whatever's good that morning. So there's nothing to choose from. You don't actually get a menu. And they just put on the table what they think is good. And it always is. And I just love the place because <laughs> it's simple food cooked very, very well. And they speak English, so there's no problem with uh, with communication. One thing to remember with paella, first of all, the meal times. Spanish people generally eat between 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So if you miss that window of lunch opportunity, then you might not get uh, a good lunch. And it's a good idea to order the paella when you make the reservation by phone, which gives them time to cook it because a good paella they'll cook from scratch. And that might take an hour or so. So it's oh. a good idea to to reserve your paella for however many people before you actually go to the restaurant to eat it. Sure, sure. And I think you know one of the differences in, in Spain versus the U.S., like in the U.S., a lot of times we're busy running around and everything and trying to eat and get back to our, our work and whatever else we're doing. 
I think in, in Spain, it's more like an experience, right? Like you, you sit there and, and you're expected to, to be there for a longer period of time. Oh, yeah, definitely. But don't get me wrong. I mean, the Spanish people, they do work quite intensively during the week. They n might not necessarily go for their paella until the weekend. Okay. So, you know, but these restaurants are open during the week and it is a very relaxing experience of it. It could be a two or three hour lunch okay. that involves um, some wine and some some beer and some different dishes. So, yeah, it's it's a very relaxing experience, especially at the weekend. Sure, sure. And then, like you mentioned, like lunch is a little bit later. Dinner is later as well, right? Yeah, dinner could be between maybe 8 and 10 p.m. during the week. But at weekends, you could eat as late as midnight in some places. It's very common to walk around at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, and people are still sitting outside eating dinner and having tapas in terraces on the street. So it's a lovely atmosphere, especially in the summer. So for the people that are listening that maybe don't know exactly what tapas is, can you explain what that is? Originally, it came from bars, I think down in the south of Spain, where you'd get a beer and then the owner of the bar would put a piece of bread with a bit of fish or some meat on top of the bread. And that would be on a, on a small plate or saucer on top of the beer glass because tapa means cover. So what they're basically doing is covering the beer so the flies don't go inside. <laughs> if you can imagine years ago, <laughs> it was maybe not quite so clean. Oh, sure. So they had this, this little tapa, and while you're drinking your beer, you have something to soak up the alcohol and the liquid, and that would sit on top of your beer glass. And of course, that developed into the tapas that we know today, those small dishes that everybody shares in the middle of the table. Okay, and luckily we don't have the flies anymore, or, or they're not as prevalent anyways. Well, depends where you go. But, um, <laughs> we try and keep them oh, away. Sure, sure. And then I think one of the things that you told me that when we spoke last time is that there's a really great sushi place there as well. There's Yeah, if you're into sushi, there's uh, one of my favorite hotels is fairly near the center, and it's called the Westin, W-E-S-T-I-N. And there's a wonderful Japanese restaurant there that um, I, I definitely recommend. It's not cheap, but it's one place where I guarantee you'd get good sushi. Yeah, good sushi uh, rarely is cheap. Yeah, because many sushi places in Valencia, you'll find they'll, they'll serve you frozen fish that they've frozen and then oh, poured no. out to serve. So no, yeah, you got to get the fresh stuff to, to be good. Absolutely. Okay. And then I think there's a couple other things that are really uh, kind of specialized to the whole like Spain area. Horchata is one of them, right? Hochata, yeah, hochatas, it's made from tiger nuts, and the tiger nuts are grown in the fields around Valencia, and it's a very sweet, creamy, milky kind of drink that's wonderful in the summer, and many Spanish people have hochata for breakfast, and they've got these sweet breadsticks that they dip inside the hochata, they're called fartons, and it sucks up this sweet tiger nut liquid, and it's very refreshing, especially in the summer. I love it. Yeah, I haven't heard about the fartons, but horchata is definitely something that's popular in Southern California and in Mexico. Where, you know, with uh, California has a lot of the, the, the Spanish influence from from Mexico, so it's a, it's a popular drink there as well. Oh yeah, I think it comes from some West African countries like Nigeria and Mali, and they brought it over to Spain because oh. there's not that much distance between North Africa and the Spanish Southern oh, Coast. Sure. So I think it came over from Africa, but it's very popular. And a, a good place to go and taste it is in the local market in the center of Valencia. There's a wonderful food market that's very close to the Boring, and they have horchata stalls so you can see how it's made, and they'll explain to you the process, and then you, you get to taste it. Uh, that market name you said boring, is that what it is or? 
Oh no, near the ball ring. Sorry, that's my London accent. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. It's near, it's near the ball ring because most Spanish cities have ball rings for ball fighting. Oh, okay. So it's it's a walk from the, it's like a five minute walk from the the ball ring, which is next to the main train station. So if you're coming in by train, you've got everything right there in the center. Nice. Now being a local and and living there for a long period of time, I know that sometimes you like to get out of the city as well and, and check out some other beaches that are nearby. Yeah, down where my my family live, if you go south from Valencia, so if you do hire a car and you want to go a bit further afield, I'd recommend going due south in the direction of Alicante, and then you'd pass lots of fishing villages that have now been settled by these groups of expats that live there, and there's some beautiful small coves and beaches, and it's very quiet and very relaxing just to do that drive down the coast and visit these fishing villages and, and maybe have lunch there and also an excellent day trip from valencia if you feel like getting out of the city do you have a couple of names that you might recommend there's one place called moraira which is where my family live that's m-o-r-a-i-r-a moraira um, another couple that are very popular and very nice denia d-e-n-i-a and javier j-a-v-e-a those three are the main ones, my favorite three, but there are more uh, as you go further down the coast. Sure. So basically drive down the coast and if you find something you like, just uh, stop by and go hang out and enjoy it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Just chill. <laughs> well, cool. Is there anything else that we really haven't talked about yet that we should really talk about uh, about the city? I think we've covered most of the things that the beautiful thing about Valencia is that it is not Madrid or Barcelona. So you don't feel the need to go running to the museums to see the Gaudi buildings or the park, Parque Güell or any of these major attractions. The beautiful galleries in Madrid, they have their place. But when you get to Valencia, you just want to put on your, your sandals, go to the beach, put your feet up, have uh, some tapas and a couple of beers and just relax because there isn't that tourist ecosystem around Valencia that you'd find in bigger cities in Spain. Okay. So it's a little more, more authentic than it is uh, the touristy. Yeah, I would say so. Not taking anything away from Barcelona and Madrid, but it's, it's definitely got a different vibe, more relaxed. Absolutely. So one of the things also that we talked about a little bit ago was that the dinner time is a little bit later and everything like that, but also the nightlife is, is also pretty, pretty strong at night as well, right? Yeah, especially at weekends. It's known as a party city, so you can expect to, to find some really good live music clubs that open very late. And um, one thing to bear in mind, if you do go out, if you're a party goer, maybe for the younger crowd, you make sure that you pace yourself because coming from the UK, I tended to drink maybe too much early in the evening. And by the time the Spanish people had had their meal with their family and their grandparents <laughs> at, at 12 o'clock midnight, that's when they were going out on the town. I was falling back into my bed because I'd started drinking at seven o'clock in the evening. So it's a at weekends, especially it's a very long process of eating slowly, then going to a, a bar or two, having maybe a gin and tonic and then going to a nightclub after. So you can party till five, six o'clock the following morning quite easily. Yeah, definitely going to have to drink a lot of Red Bull that night. Yeah, a lot of coffee, a lot of Red Bull. Um, in my <laughs> younger days, I was there, but I think these days it's not really my scene. But it's there for, for younger people if they want to go to clubs and such. That sounds great. And then if that's kind of confined primarily to a, an area, right? You mentioned it called Rusafa. Is that, it? Is that what it's called? 
Yeah, that's the place I'd recommend to go these days. When I came to Spain, it was more near the cathedral, the old city area of Barrio del Carmen. These days, it's more cosmopolitan, more fun and cheaper. And I would say more popular to go to the Rusafa area where you'll find a buzz of nightlife at weekends, terraces full of people drinking and eating until late in the evening. Okay. And then as far as the area that people want to stay in when they come to visit, should they stay in the city center? Are there certain areas that they should really avoid or is it just pretty much safe anywhere they go? It's safe anywhere. I've never had any problems in all the nights I've been wandering the city at the early hours. It's a completely safe city. You could stay in the center. I mentioned the West Inn. That's a very nice hotel. That's a five-star hotel. There's another one called the Astoria Palace Hotel, which is even more central, right bang in the center of the city. But at the moment, that's under renovation. So depending on when you hear this podcast, at the moment, you, you won't be able to reserve. But in a couple of months, it'll be open again. And that's a wonderful location. And my favorite hotel for the beach area, which is probably about 40, 45 minutes bus ride from the center of the city, is called Las Arenas, A-R-E-N-A-S. That's where George Clooney stayed when he came over here recently. So it's right on the beach. It's a beautiful hotel. And it's a very peaceful part of the the uh, the city to be in, the beach area. Oh, perfect. Well, you know, I mean, if, if, George, if it's good enough for George Clooney, it's probably good enough for us, right? Absolutely. I could just about afford a coffee there. That was my <laughs> But I do go there occasionally just to enjoy the view and just to sit on the terrace and, and have a coffee and have a drink and watch the sea. It's very relaxing. That sounds good. Well, Craig, thank you so much for telling us so much about Valencia. But now it's time for the final countdown. So if a travel only had time for one meal in Valencia, where should they go and what should they eat? They've obviously got to try the tapas, but for me, it's got to be the paella on the beach. So even if you're doing the cultural thing in the center of the city, make sure you come out to the beach in the afternoon, make your reservation at one of those two places I suggested, and enjoy a good original paella. But if you don't eat where I've recommended, don't go for the mixed up paella, which is the seafood and, and meat combined. Choose either a seafood paella or meat paella, which is usually chicken and rabbit, because the mixta where they throw everything in uh-huh. is usually for tourists. Oh, okay, because we don't know any better. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and you've got to go because it's made with different stock. So you have a fish stock or a meat stock, so you should choose one or the other. Okay, that's great advice. Like you said, we, we've lived there for more than two decades. You have to have some great stories. What's one of your most memorable stories of living in Valencia? Apart from meeting my wife, of course, is probably... The first Fias festival that I saw back in 97, I remember the 24-hour non-stop music in the street, marching bands, partying. It was absolutely an attack on my senses. And on the final day, I remember looking across that dry riverbed and there was music coming up. There were hot air balloons rising from the river. There were fireworks in the background because there are constant fireworks all week. And I just remember thinking, what a wonderful city because everything came together for me in that moment. And I just thought, wow, this is this is amazing. Although I must say after 22 years of the same festival, it gets a little bit, <laughs> a little bit thin after a while, especially now I'm getting older. But that first year when I saw how much everybody was having such a fantastic time it, it was unforgettable yeah that sounds such a like a such a wonderful memory there all right so speaking of happy times where's the happiest happy hour in in valencia well, they don't tend to have happy hours in bars what i would suggest like you're not going to get a 
a certain time with two drinks for one, for example. That's very rare. But I would go to either of those two areas I mentioned previously, Rusafa or Barrio del Carmen, go around 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., just have a pre-dinner drink and a paratif, maybe a small tapa, just sit there and watch people walking by. It's a beautiful city for watching people passing by in the street. Yeah, just sit in a terrace. The drinks are not expensive. It's a very cheap city to visit. It's certainly cheaper than Madrid and Barcelona. So you wouldn't have no problem having a few beers watching people pass by okay. early evening. That sounds great. I mean, nothing like people watching, especially when you're in a new country and you're not really familiar with all the surroundings anyway. So take a moment, sit back, relax, enjoy a drink and a, and a little bit of food and just kind of soak in the atmosphere. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite tourist activity. I love doing that. Yeah, nice. So uh, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is try to sample the local pizza. Uh, where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in, in town? There is a very good pizzeria in that Rusafa area that's full of restaurants. It's called Pizzeria Pomodoro, P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O. And apart from the pepperoni pizza, they do a very good spicy chorizo pizza, which is similar to pepperoni, but it's got that Spanish hot spicy taste to it. Mm -hmm. So that's another good recommendation. Yeah, you could also obviously go for tapas as well, which are very popular. There's a whole range of, of different Mediterranean tapas that you should try and enjoy as well as the pizza. Perfect. Uh, I think my wife kind of gets tired of me eating pizza all the time. So I think it'd be good if I have a little pizza on one and then she has a little tapas on the other. She'd be super happy then. Sounds good. <laughs> so you've traveled a lot as well. What's your best travel tip for the listeners? What I've learned over the years is to keep a sense of humor and be flexible because so often when we travel, we, we tend to impose our own view of the world on places we visit. And very often they're very culturally different. The world works in very different ways from country to country. So you have to kind of be patient and be flexible. Coming to Spain, for example, you have to understand that people don't eat at the same time here as they do in the States. So you, you kind of have to be flexible from a cultural perspective. And when things go wrong and they will go wrong, hey, just laugh about it. You're traveling. That's part of the experience. The bad times are just as valuable as the good times in many respects. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it, as long as like your neck getting hurt or something super bad is happening, pretty much any time that is like something that quote unquote like ruins a vacation or causes you to be mad at the moment, a year from now, six months from now, whatever, as you're telling the story to your friends, you're going to be laughing. So exactly. <laughs> just, just embrace it. You're going to get delays, and there are lots of things that are outside your control. So if your plane gets delayed and you, you have to do something that really tests your patience, if you have no control over it, why worry about it? Just laugh it off and just accept it and go with the flow and, and wait until the, the luck changes and the good experiences come around. I totally agree. So again, Craig, thank you for being on the show. Can you tell the, the audience a little bit about yourself and how people can reach you? Sure. I, I'm an English teacher based in Valencia, Spain. I also teach online at a website called mansioningles.com. So I help Spanish speakers improve their English. If anyone knows of a Spanish speaker who's looking to improve their English, send them over there. And my podcast, which does the same thing, uh, helps Spanish speakers improve their English, that's over at inglespodcast.com. Right on. So if people want to stalk you on social media, where's the best place to go? Probably on Twitter. I'm at Mansion Twit, Mansion, M-A-N-S-I-O-N-T-W-I-T. So that's a pretty good place to, to reach me or through the website at uh, englishpodcast.com. All right, perfect. So everybody, if you're coming to Valencia, Spain, after hearing all of Craig's wonderful ideas, 
uh, hit him up, let him know you're coming into town, and uh, maybe he'll be able to meet up with you for a little tapas. Absolutely, and I hope to see you too over here soon, Lee, so that we can go for a paella together. Oh, for sure. My wife would love that. <laughs> it'd be it'd be a wonderful experience, for sure. Sure thing. Well, great. Well, again, thanks for being on the show, and we'll we'll look forward to seeing you when we travel there. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I'm pleasantly surprised to find out that Valencia has weather comparable to Southern California. As a SoCal boy who loves great weather, Valencia is definitely in my places to visit with the family. Many travelers focus on Madrid and Barcelona when they visit Spain, but I think you'd really be missing out if you didn't venture to the coast and enjoy the beach scene of the Mediterranean Sea. My wife loves the tapas, so it's interesting to find out the origins of this popular dining style. And Anna really enjoys paella, so she wouldn't let me travel to Valencia without her. Send me a tweet at We Travel There to share your favorite thing about Valencia, Spain. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Valencia. You can join the conversation in the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook to ask us questions about any of your upcoming destinations. Join us next time as we visit the entertainment capital of the world, Orlando, Florida, to talk with the Shayla Strawn of Shaytel Flying Solo. Beyond the theme parks, the Shayla shares where to eat a donut burger and how to find Broadway-worthy shows in the city. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.